for the Athletic Podcast Network. This is the update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, we'll talk to Eric Branch, who covers the San Francisco 49ers for the Athletic, about the injuries the 49ers are facing both in the backfield and in their secondary as they get ready to take on a very tough young offense of the Cincinnati Bengals. Zach Taylor has his team playing well in playoff position. Joe Burrow did get banged up last week. A dislocated pinky is going to play a role in the game on Sunday. How will the 49ers prepare for him with the exit or the injury of Emmanuel Mosley as well as the injury, the concussion protocol of Elijah Mitchell? All things we can talk about with Eric Branch, who joins me next. Today is Wednesday, December 8th, and this is the 300th episode of The Update. It's a pleasure. Welcome to the podcast, Eric Branch. He covers the San Francisco 49ers for The Athletic. Great to have you on, getting your scope and insight on what's going on with the 49ers. The red and gold still holding on to that seventh seed in the NFC playoff picture. Eric, how are you, man? I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on, man. Uh, How did you take in that loss to the Seattle Seahawks? I mean, this was, I think most 49er fans and a lot of people who have watched the games all year would, I guess you'd look at the the game against Arizona with Colt McCoy as probably the bottom out. That was the the end of that losing streak, and then they really did flip things around. But this loss, probably the most frustrating loss of the season. Yes, in some ways not totally surprising, just because it's the Seahawks, and they always lose to the Seahawks. But, you know, the counter to that is, like, they've never seen the Seahawks like this. I wrote last week that you know never played the Seahawks like ever ever when the Seahawks were five games under 500 and they played the expansion Seahawks in 1976. They played some bad Seahawks teams. In some ways, I guess you say, wow, how did that happen? And I think the way it started out, if you ever watched the Seahawks play the Washington football team on, on Monday night and just saw just Russell Wilson and how lifeless that offense was, and when they first went three and out. I was like, oh, you know, they still don't have it. it. You know, Russell Wilson is still not Russell Wilson. And, you know, who knows how things would have unfolded. But then, you know, that fake punt touchdown run, you can't say it was a tone setter because the Niners, you know, then, you know, eventually had a, what, 23-14 lead or, or whatever it was. But, you know, it, it shifted a little something in that game, obviously. There was a sense of confidence, I think, from 49er fans going into that game just because of the 3-8 the and eight record of Seattle. But as you mentioned, playing a division game, playing on the road against the Seahawks, it's still Russell Wilson, it's still Pete Carroll. It was going to be an uphill battle anyway. you got to got to go up there and face the 12s at Lumen Field, which is difficult to do. But what, I, what I'm thinking about is the way the 49ers sort of flipped this thing is obviously it came down to running the – well, flipped the season, I should say. It came down to running the football. came down to stopping the defensive penalties and really controlling the game clock. But they also got much more healthy. And what I look at this week was they weren't quite as healthy as they were the last couple of weeks, and I, I feel like the back end of the season, that could rear its ugly head, and we'll talk about the backfield in just a minute, but, but how did you take in the injuries leading into this game, the, the impact of not having Debo Samuel, not having Fred Warner? How big of an impact do you think all that was? Well, certainly Debo Samuel, you know, that was a big factor. I mean, obviously, because he, he can impact, you know, both the run game and the pass game in, in a big way. So you don't know what would have happened with him, but you know it's just another element they have, and it's it's kind of a change up, uh, you know, to Elijah Mitchell. And with that Debo Samuel, it was only Elijah Mitchell. Jeff Wilson, you know, uh, tweaked his knee, surgically repaired knee, and then there just there there was no one else there. And then you know you look at the uh, injuries in the secondary, and I think everyone looks at, like Emmanuel Mosley, like he's fine. But then, you know, <laughs> no one's like, you know, doing flips and cartwheels over Emmanuel Mosley. But when Emmanuel Mosley goes out, the drop-off is so steep, particularly when they, you know, put Lenore in 
And then I think that Seahawks took a few minutes to figure out what was happening. But once they did and kind of sniffed that out, they began picking on Lenore to the point where he had to be benched. And, you know, the fan favorite, Dante Johnson, came in. And I would say Dante Johnson did a heck of a lot better job than uh, than Lenore. So I'm sure we're going to see Josh Norman and Dante Johnson against the Bengals on Sunday. In general, you, you got to feel okay that the Niners spent some of those draft picks on Ambry Thomas and, and Debon Lenore, as you mentioned. But they've not played up to the status of guys like Asante Samuel Jr., who were taken in the second round, and the Niners obviously went with Aaron Banks and, and could have bolstered that secondary just a little bit and opted not to do so. It's easy to look back on the draft, I think, with 2020 vision with that stuff. But this is a bit of a concern, I think, especially going into a game against a, a tough quarterback. Obviously, Joe Burrow had the dislocated finger earlier, uh, well, on Sunday, in Sunday's game. But they're going up against a tough receiving core also, Jamar Chase, one of the top receiving rookies. T. Higgins is a big body they've got to pay attention to. Tyler Boyd is a tough guy, and plus you got uh, a running back in Joe Mixon who can catch the ball out of the backfield. There's got to be some major concern about the secondary heading into this game against Cincinnati. Absolutely. Like I said, it'll be Dante Johnson and, and Josh Norman, and, and heaven forbid if there's another injury there, you know, to one of those two guys. Because we just saw Lenore, and you know, I know Kyle Shanahan yesterday said all the right things about Ambry Thomas as far as you know, he had a great game on special teams. But Amy Thomas, the only time he played on defense since the season opener in Detroit, uh, where he was kind of thrown in because of injuries and, and it did not go well, was in garbage time against the Jaguars. Marvin Jones didn't have a catch in like the game's first 55 minutes. And I kid you not, he had four catches in about uh, 90 seconds against Amy Thomas. Uh, Amy Thomas is not ready. He's <laughs> not ready for this. Doesn't mean he will never be ready. He's not ready for the Bengals on Sunday. So. You know, it might take a, a bit to get to that point and probably won't. But I think fans should know, you know, it's Dante Johnson, it's Josh Norman, it's Diameter Lenore. And then if, if they had to turn, you know, get to Ambry Thomas, there, there's some severe problems. Yeah, I think the hope is that that situation will take care of itself. Now, the running back situation, Elijah Mitchell banged up into the concussion protocol. This is sort of a scary one because concussions are not linear injuries, right? There's no two to three weeks. There's no, uh, he's, he's questionable, he'll just be okay. He's got to get through the protocol in order to be on the field. And you mentioned Jeff Wilson Jr.'s knee. I know at one point, Jermichael Hasty was back there receiving kicks after Travis Benjamin put the ball on the ground in that second half kickoff. What's a realistic running back scenario for the 49ers against Cincinnati on Sunday? Is it Jermichael Hasty's the guy and then you, you sort of share that time with uh with i don't know kyle Yuschek takes some handoffs and then hopefully you get a guy back there like debo samuel to take some runs or is the hope that jeff wilson jr will be able to go i think jeff wilson is going to be able to go i i just don't think he's been right which is not a surprise he, he tore his meniscus in late may and he came back sooner than anticipated but he's averaging less than three yards per carry he averaged 4.8 last year you know, Shanahan said yesterday, you know, he only played two offensive snaps against the Seahawks because he had a flare up in, in his knee. And it's not the first time he's had a flare up since he returned, you know, in midseason. That's not good. And it's also not surprising given the way sometimes the Niners, you know, rush guys seem to rush guys back from injuries. But I, I don't think that precludes, you know, Wilson from playing against the Bengals. I think he will. I, I think he'll just kind of be what he is a little bit limited, understandably so, you know, given what he's uh, coming off of. And then you do have Hasty, who's the only, you know, truly, you know, healthy running back at the moment, but obviously he's a third down back, you know, a scout back type. I'm not sure he's a, you know, 15, 20 carry a game guy. Uh, and then they just had, you know, tryouts today with the illustrious trio of Jeremy Cox, Brian Hill and Dexter Williams. So you know, help is on the way, right? 
yeah. but uh, yeah, so, so, you know, maybe one of those guys is added to the practice squad because they don't have a running back on the practice squad right now. So I think it's likely one of those guys will be added to the practice squad and could be elevated, you know, on Saturday uh, before kickoff. Just kind of reading the tea leaves on Debo Samuel. Generally, when Kyle Shanahan says he's hoping, you know, someone might be able to play, that means he's, he's probably a week away. You know, Fred Warner will you know, almost certainly will be back. As uh, Shanahan said, he'll return to practice Wednesday, which is generally a, a green light. But he sounded uh, that look is, is far more murkier on Debo Samuel. I would guess he's probably not going to be able to play this week. The hope is that he's able to go. You're right, uh, because I think maybe that game does go a little bit differently on Sunday uh, if he is out there. But again, it comes down to that final play, and if he can get in the end zone, the 49ers get a win there. I want to ask you just sort of quickly here on the way out. Uh, D'Amico Ryans, you know, it was easy during the four-game losing streak and after sort of the meltdown at the end of the game against Detroit to say, uh, is this guy ready for, for this uh, this moment? Is he ready for the play calling? Uh, you know, defensive players have to make plays, and clearly the defense has played better over the last, I don't know, five, six weeks, four or five weeks than it had previously. How would you evaluate him right now as a defensive coordinator? Seems to me, obviously, they've got some players. Nick Bosa seems to be revving at a, a higher level than he's ever revved at, coming off of the injury even uh, this season. We've also seen a, a lot of guys have to fill in. That secondary is not the same secondary they started the year with. You've got injuries all up and down that, that linebacker room, as you were just mentioning. How would you evaluate D'Amico Ryan to this point? Because I feel like we've sort of pulled off of the notion that uh, maybe he was not ready for this job because the defense has stepped up so much in the last couple weeks. Last week, or on Sunday against Seattle, maybe not the same case. What's your take on that? There have been moments um, this year when I'm like, huh, I wonder if this is because Tamiko Ryans is a rookie defensive coordinator. Kind of similar thoughts to what I had, you know, er- early on in some of Robert Sala's, uh, you know, first years. And I think foremost among those games was, you know, the Cardinals loss at Levi Stadium when I just, in my mind's eye, I'm thinking of James Conner, you know, not being touched on that screen pass. It just looked like not only did they look lifeless, but just not <laughs> altogether. It just did not look like a 49ers defense at all. And so that was like, oh, I, I'm sure I wrote something that week, you know, along the lines of D'Amico Ryan's and growing pains. But, you know, since then, um, they have really come together. And when you look at some of, you, you know, this is not the 2019 49ers personnel when you look at this defense, as we've discussed, you know, the, the defensive backfield has some issues and, and really, I know some other guys kind of showed up in Seattle on Sunday, but the only consistent pass rushing force, certainly off, force certainly off the edge has been Bosa. He's been tremendous, but you know, on the opposite side, Samson Ebucom has been, you know, invisible. Arden Key has had, had some moments, but certainly not consistently. So, I, I mean, this is not, you know, the dominant defensive front and there've been a ton, ton of injuries. And I, and I really thought, Against the Seahawks on Sunday, yes, Gerald Everett gift-wrapped you know, a lot of turnovers for them. But they did a heck of a job, actually, uh, to create turnovers, the stuff they weren't doing early in the season, you know, putting the offense in a decent situation. You know, I think that was uh, Garoppolo's first touchdown pass to Kittle, D.J. Jones forcing a fumble. And then, you know, the reason they had at least a chance to send the game into overtime uh, was Aziz Alshire, um, you know, forcing the fumble. And, you know, Alshire filled in, you know, it took over for Fred Warner, and he looked like Fred Warner. He had 16 tackles. That's more than Fred Warner's ever had in a game. It's the most uh, a Niner's ever had since 2015. So anyway, there are a lot of bright spots, and that's a, a long way of saying I do think D'Amico Ryan is doing fine. I mean, you can do all, all you want with statistics and numbers. 
but I want to say the 49ers are past defense as far as yards allowed per game. You know, they're fifth in the NFL. Now they have allowed several hundred miles in uh, pass interference penalties. Um, <laughs> but, the, but the fact that they are fifth in the NFL with sometimes some of the ragtag units they've had to put out there, you know, at least uh, I, I think speaks well for uh, D'Amico Ryan. I think we should start uh, we should start identifying pass yards against in miles allowed. I kind of like that notion. Sort of <laughs> like a, I remember after after Barry Bonds retired, people were looking at his uh, you know you do the ninety feet between the bases and you extrapolate that over the seven hundred and sixty two home runs times four, all that stuff, and you figure out how many miles he ran. We should start doing that. How many error miles were given up uh, on on penalties and on uh, on on yardage uh, against defenses? That would be kind of a funny way to look at it. I think Josh Norman has contributed you know some mileage. <laughs> Yeah, Josh, Josh Norman certainly has some mileage on his legs, and he's allowed some mileage through the air uh, when it comes to pass interference penalties. Uh, Eric, we really do appreciate the time today, man. Thanks so much for coming by the podcast. You do a great job covering the team, and uh, we'll catch up with you later. Enjoy the game in Cincinnati. All right. I appreciate you having me. Thanks so much. Great stuff from Eric Branch. You can read him, of course, uh, all season long and in the offseason. He did his coverage as well for the San Francisco 49ers. Big one on Sunday, 125. Don't forget that game was flexed into the afternoon slate on Sunday for week 14. It's also a lot of people's final season of their fantasy football year. So everybody hoping Debo Samuel's back out there to help the 49ers and probably to help some of your fantasy rosters as well. Big game against the Cincinnati Bengals. This was that 17th game that was added to the 18-week schedule for 2021. Thank you to Eric Branch. Thank you to Brian, my producer. And thank you to you, the listener. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever it is you're listening. We're going to get you ready for the 49ers and the Bengals on Friday. Paul Daner, who covers the Cincinnati Bengals for The Athletic, he's going to stop by on Friday to give you everything you need to get ready for Joe Burrow's dislocated finger, rookie Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon, and T. Higgins, the big names of the Cincinnati Bengals offense. That's all coming up on Friday. Until then, enjoy the week. We'll talk to you then. Oh, oh!